Hey folks, I'm Michael J. Penny. Welcome to the five paragraph business plan tutorials. In this portion of our episode tutorials, I want to talk about the critical risks, the problems, the assumptions. What you've done is you've constructed this picture of the enemy, the need, the problem opportunity that you're looking to, to address. There are risks, there are problems, there are things that could potentially happen that are out there. There needs to be flex room within any given plan. It is imperative that you address these risks. Talk about them. A whole lot of people don't want to bring that stuff up. Bring it out onto the table. Talk about what could potentially go wrong. Discuss the assumptions implicit in the plan. This this could go wrong. We could potentially lose all of our money. We could potentially just go absolutely bust on the whole idea in a product stage. Let's say, for instance, if you've got a product and you're trying to bring that product to market and you underestimate what the development costs, what the development time would look like, so on and so forth, you're never going to be able to bring that to market to be able to actually address the need that's out there. Talk about it. Talk about it in your plan. How do you mitigate that? Talk about it with your advisors. Talk about it with your mentors. If you get stuck along the way, we offer a 15-minute free phone consultation. Okay, this is you on the phone with an advisor, and by the end of that 15 minutes, you will have a starting point along with a free workbook to get you going. And we encourage you Get the five-paragraph business plan guidebook, get it in front of you, listen through these tutorials, download the templates, talk to an advisor. We are here for you. Join the community, be a part of this, start cross-talking with us. It is for veteran and patriot alike. It is for executive leadership. It is for operational leadership. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for business leaders. The five-paragraph business plan allows you to take 30,000 foot and zoom all the way in. I could talk about it all day long. Matter of fact, that's exactly what I do. Moving on through some of these different tutorials, what I'd like to talk about that you're going to see in some of these different upcoming episodes. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of your overall plan, especially in honing in on your team elements, on your friendly elements. We just got done talking about the enemy, okay? And we just got done breaking down the E in METTSL. So if you're following along in your guidebook, as you should be, you have the ability to start whittling through that template. You have the ability to start drying out the big, huge 30,000-foot details that you're going to need to see whether or not you actually have a viable business. You have a good, solid, worthwhile venture that you're about to take part on. So let's get into the friendly side. Let's get into the friendly forces. First up, we have hires, mission, and intent. Now, I want you to understand, this is for business leaders, yes, to be able to draw out elements from your, your larger company's business plan, essentially. I get it. They're probably not working on the five-paragraph business plan right now. That's fine. We'll get them there. Okay? Wink, wink. But... Here's the thing. They have a higher mission. They have a higher intent on how they hold themselves, the standard, the, the standard in which you will be measured. All of your work will be measured. That is part of hires, mission, and intent. Now, for you, the entrepreneur, let's say, for instance, or the executive level leader, what you're doing is you're listing the large competitors that are out there 
that will be disrupted by your activity. You're listing the perceived objectives of the key industry players that are out there. So this should be highlighted somewhere in a larger business text if you are a business leader. If you're an entrepreneur and you're getting out there, what you've got to do is a little bit more market research, a little bit more competitive analysis. Now notice how I put this in friendly. This is under the friendly forces, okay? Competitors are not always against you. I'll, more often than not, competitors actually want to collaborate in some sense. You might be competing in one aspect of your business, but not your overall business, thus creating a direct competition. So there's definitely no harm in contacting your competitors, asking them questions, seeing how they do business, especially asking the big competitors. When you're a little guy and you start asking big competitors how they do stuff, that's it's, it's almost cute in a sense. It's you're learning the ropes and trying to figure out how it's going to go. And yeah, hopefully you get here at some point in time, but we already know that the odds are you probably won't. More often than not, a larger competitor, depending on the relationship that you've already fostered, a larger competitor will give you the time of day. And again, you've got to come in. You can't just walk in or call them and be like, hey, you know, how do you guys do your whole business? It's one of these things where you are figuring out and gathering intelligence on little aspects of how your competitors do things. Great entrepreneurs constantly are looking around at how the best and brightest navigate the world, and then they take the best elements of how they do business and they implement them into their own plans. They look around at how everybody else is messing up out in the environment, and they make sure to mitigate those risks. Remember how we just got done talking about the critical risks, the assumptions, so on? That's part of it. List the perceived objectives of the key industry players. Perceived. Perceived. You are assuming that is the goal that they have in mind. There are a lot of people who keep their trade secrets very close to the vest. And for good reason. For very good reason. This is your assumption based upon the analysis of the market as you see it right now for the key industry players that are out there who are actively adding value into the world right now. Inside of your MetTTSL template, there's a segment called Team and Support. We're going to start going into that, that portion right now in MetTTSL. Team and Support. This is where the competition gets sized up. Okay. In team and support, what you're doing is you're putting together your overall plan based upon how your competitors are doing business. See, you just have been analyzing how your competitors are going about their business, and now it's time for you to put in all of the friendly components that you're going to need in order to go out and be a success. We're going to talk about adjacent companies. These could be direct competitors. They could be friend, foe, what have you. Just did a competitive analysis. I get it. The competition and their competitive edges. Okay, so this is this is not necessarily their quote-unquote competitive advantage that they have. It can be you consider their the defined edges of their market. When I say competitive edges, right? So 
they have an advantage that they're always innovating, and I get that, so that they can grow their all their overall market scope. Now, I'm not trying to be God's gift to business, much rather the opposite. I'm explaining the terminology within the guidebook so that you have a frame of reference on how to start, on how to start gathering the right information. When I say competitive edges, I mean what are the boundaries of your competitors? Where is the scope of their market? Quick little example. There's only one major nationally distributed potato chip company. All other companies are regionally based. They have edges, boundaries, territories, what have you. You can clearly see those edges. You have the ability to research those boundaries, at least on the big guys that are out there especially publicly traded companies, those who have industry reports and so on and so forth, they have to maintain reports to their shareholders. Now, also, make sure that you're outlining in the competitive edges, and I've already said it before, we're talking about location as, as being a key component within this. Even an online business has a competitive edge, right? There is, There's just not a market everywhere for all online businesses. I know that it feels that way with some social media platforms that we're on, but they really don't have the entire world as a competitive edge. I'm sure that there are a lot of businesses out there that wish their competitive edge was the entire population. Uh, talk about your collaborators. Talk about your collaborator locations direct competitors locations, the goals and objectives of your friends and your competitors. And again, this is this is part of your adjacent companies. These are roughly the same size as you. The higher competitive analysis are the big boy players that are out in your industry who you emulate, who you would want to be like who's out there. Your adjacent companies are those who are roughly the same size. They could be your direct competitors. They could be your collaborators, depending upon the relationship that you've got with them. Business is about relationships. Next, we're gonna, we are going to highlight our supporting companies. These are, they could be suppliers for raw materials, your goods, your items, etc. It could be a variety of different things. Your supporting companies are the companies that you absolutely need there imperative in order for you to be able to deliver your value to the customer in need. Supporting companies are specific for your industry. Supporting companies are specific to your market. And again, it's based upon a competitive analysis of how the other solutions are being developed and provided out into your marketplace to potentially be able to use that as a as a starting point so how do the other competitors support their up and running businesses so that you can potentially take ideas from that and then find your own supporting companies more often than not competitors have the same supporting companies more often than not there is a supplier that is supplying a lot of competitors this may also include functionary components within your overall business as well, but that is that is part of the considerations in your attachments and detachments. Attachments and detachments, these are the outsourced employees. Again, they're imperative to your mission 
but they're either outside employees or they're outside functions that are somehow attached to your team. So they're not actually an employee. They're not actually part of your team. They are part of another element and they are there attached to you in order to say, here, I'm helping you at this phase in the business for this objective, whatever it may be. If you're talking from an operational component, it's very easy to see this in an operational setting. It is another team who has come over to help you out in a functionary role in order to accomplish that mission. Where it's more difficult is in the executive leadership side. In the guidebook, I talk about attachments and detachments. You might have an outsourced function that you can provide to a collaborator, to an adjacent company, or to a potential client. There might be times in an operational sense where you will have to detach, where somebody will be left out of a plan, an operational plan, because they're part of that team who went over, who was imperative to mission success. So I need to highlight that whole attachment detachment before there's any type of confusion. These are supporting professional advisors and services. You might pay for a mentorship or what have you. It would go in the attachments and detachments in here, just in an outline sense. It's also interns, it's paid or otherwise, it's other folks who are helping out in any regard, but they're again, not part of your direct team. And lastly, we have the civil terrain considerations. By civil terrain, what I'm saying is that there are bystanders. And then you're going to be working in an environment. In a brick and mortar sense, it, it, it could be relatively plain. I'll use the, uh, the example of a mall, for instance. In a mall, you understand that you're going to get a lot of foot traffic. So you can put on there based upon your location you're going to get a lot of foot traffic and you know that. Uh, but you're also talking about some of the work that's necessary in order to accomplish that business mission in order to be a success. So when you're talking about terrain considerations, this could also be your build out for where you're looking to go. It matters that you're talking about the civil considerations as well as your terrain considerations. It can be something it can be something along the lines of, hey, I've created this or I want to create a brick and mortar location. Okay, do we know that there's going to be heavy foot traffic? Does the foot traffic are they a market? Is your market within that foot traffic that you're looking to go into? So you're taking into account, okay, uh, yeah, I want to be in a mall potentially. But based upon the considerations of that mall, do I really want to be in it or would it be better for my business to actually be out amongst the, the, the asphalt, the apron, to be one of the satellite businesses that go around a central mall? And again, it's taking into account that civil terrain consideration. It's taking into account all of the bystanders in the environment that you're going to potentially run your business in. And we've gone through a lot in this episode, in this tutorial of the five paragraph business plan. But I got to tell you, if you stick with this, folks, if you've 
if you've gotten the guidebook in front of you, and again, I encourage you, get the guidebook, read through the templates, join the community, be part of the discussion. You hit a wall. I get it. Makes sense. Sign up for one of those 15-minute phone calls. You're going to be on the phone with myself or one of the other advisors that are here. You're going to be talking to us. For a solid 15 minutes, you're going to have a firm place to start from. We are going to be filling out a questionnaire as we go through it with you, and we are going to put that into the workbook. Again, it's free to you. The workbook is different from the templates. The workbook is like the templates on steroids. I'm going to tell you that much right now. If you're one of those folks where it's like, look, I'm going to download the templates, I'm going to listen to the episodes, I'm going to go through this, and I am going to just do it. Awesome. Yes. More power to you. I welcome your comments. I welcome your thoughts. I welcome your discussion points. Please, by all means, bring it to the community. Bring it to the forefront. Tell us how to grow. Tell us how to improve. Even if you just want to sign up for a 15-minute phone call just to tell us all the things that are wrong with this thing, I don't care. Tell us. Be part of this. It's all about action. We're in this together. We're entrepreneurs. We're business owners. We're executive leaders and operational leaders. We run the whole gamut. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for getting the five-paragraph business plan, an action-oriented business management tool. Thank you. Keep listening.